Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. So glad you all joined me. Always happy to be with you all and appreciate hearing from you. Those of you who have my contact information and you can always send me a a private message, personal message on Facebook and just like to know who's listening and get your input and suggestions on things you'd like to hear about. All right. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about some verses in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 5. We've been on a little series uh, called Your Part in History, His Story. And we've talked about how the Apostle Paul wrote this, the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, telling everybody who God really is, that he's absolute pure light, pure goodness, pure love for all people, that he's already loved and included everyone before the foundation of the world, before we ever came to earth, and how we're all his children, and he's all completely good. And so are we, and so is everybody else changing our view on uh, who God is and who we are and who everybody else makes all the difference in our daily lives. And then as he gets into chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians, then he gets into some practical application on how we live this out in our everyday life. And as I start out today, I want to remind us all that Scripture always has an elementary level takeaway and then much, much, much deeper spiritual truth. Many times the elementary takeaway are things like, well, we shouldn't lie, we shouldn't cheat people, things like that. And of course, really anybody knows that. We don't have to uh, remind people, certainly don't have to remind adults of that. Unfortunately, uh, religious settings kind of tend to focus on what we call sin, but that's a very elementary level, surface level thing that's generally in Scripture. There's always a much, much, much deeper spiritual truth that we're going to look at. And the basis of that spiritual truth is always the fact that God is good. As John writes in 1 John 1, 5, God is pure light, and in him there's no darkness, not even a hint or a trace of darkness. So in Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 20, I'm going to be looking at the mirror translation. It's New Testament only. It's not quite finished. Most of the books are done, but it's a work in progress. Uh, My friend Francois Dutoit from South Africa is uh, translating it this himself, and he has an unbelievable gift for translating a great grasp of the original languages. He speaks several languages, and he's devoted his life to making an accurate paraphrase of what the original intent was, especially by looking at everything through a lens of God is pure love and pure light, and in him there's no darkness at all, inclusion, the finished work of Christ. So here's how he translates what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Mirror God, or reflect God. You are his offspring. 
Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? We are, everyone is God's offspring. He's the father of everyone. He created us all. We're all his children and we're made in his image and likeness. And now we simply reflect him or we mirror God. We mirror Christ in us as we go about our daily lives. And then in verse two, Paul tells us how. He says, this is how. Let the love of Christ, now that's Christ's love, his love for us and for everyone. It's not our love of him. It's let the love of Christ be your life. Remember how he abandoned himself to us. His love is contagious and extravagant and never reluctant. Let the love of Christ be your life. Remember how he abandoned, I mean, he gave himself up completely for us. He let us do the worst that anybody could do to anybody ever. And he didn't retaliate. He didn't even say anything back. He didn't call down legions of angels to stop us or anything. He let us kill him. He entered into the depths of our darkness. And then God raised him from the dead and all of us with him. And Jesus came out of the tomb with a smile on his face. And he said, you're all included. I love you all. That's how he abandoned himself to us. His love is contagious and extravagant, never reluctant. Reluctant means unwilling or hesitant or disinclined. No, Christ's love for us and for everyone, the love of Christ is never reluctant, no matter what we might do or think or feel about ourselves or God or anybody else. There's never a trace of darkness in Christ's love for us. Verse three, Paul says, Jesus has nothing to do with darkness. Jesus has nothing in common with darkness. Boy, that's <laughs> that's just an amazing thing. I wish I would have grasped that truth long time ago when I started changing. Well, I didn't change my life. God started changing my life, and I started following him and wanting to know about him and wanting to know who he is and what he was like and everything. I wish I would have known that God has nothing in common with darkness, absolutely nothing. See, I was taught, well, Jesus was really good when he was here on earth. And yeah, he loved people and he healed people and he didn't condemn them. But one day he's coming back and he's going to be mad as hell. And there's going to be hell to pay for anybody who didn't get it right. No, Paul nails it right here. And as he does in many other places, and so does John, Jesus has nothing in common with darkness, period. So as we want to mirror God, and let the love of Christ be our life, we want to also be like Jesus and have absolutely nothing in common with darkness. Now, an elementary level thing would say, you know, don't get involved in dark things here on earth, but it's much deeper than that. Don't have anything to do, don't have anything in common with anybody, any religion, any organization, any teaching that says God is dark that there's a dark side of God. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't love people. It doesn't mean we don't hang out with them. We don't work with them. We don't have dinner with them. We don't have fun with them. But we don't have that in common with them. We don't have anything in common with them that suggests that God is darkness. So we don't want to let those thinkings affect us. Verse 4, he says, Any distorted language, sarcasm, or below-the-belt jokes are uncalled for. Much rather let gratitude grace your conversation. And once again, 
There's an example of how it's very easy to say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, don't cuss, don't use bad language, you know, don't be sarcastic, don't tell off-color jokes. Well, of course that's true. You know, we know that that's not good to do because it hurts us, it hurts other people, but there's a much, much, much deeper spiritual issue there. Distorted language, sarcasm below the belt would, would, here's an example of one. It would be, well, those people, now, I can say this with sincerity because this is what I used to believe, unfortunately, and what I used to teach. I used to use distorted language and say, well, those people, they think they're all right now, but wait until they die and they meet God face to face. They're going to get what's coming to them, and God's going to show them that they're wrong, and Paul Gray and his friends were right. See how distorted that language is? Man, so that's uncalled for. Instead, let gratitude grace your conversation. Be grateful for God and for all he does and all he is. Be grateful that God loves all of us and he's not going to get any of us and prove to other people that they're right and you're wrong and that kind of stuff. All right, verse five. The Christ life gives distinct definition to the kingdom of God. You cannot live a double standard life. Pure life doesn't have a trace of darkness. The Christ life shows you what the kingdom of God is like. The disciples one time asked Jesus, night before he died, they said, hey, show us the Father. And he said, come on, guys, you're looking at him. You want to see what God is like? Look at me. The Christ life gives distinct definition to the kingdom of God. Well, what is the Christ life? It's pure, perfect, unconditional love. It's pure, perfect, unconditional grace. It's pure, perfect, unconditional inclusion. It's pure, perfect, unconditional joy. It's pure, perfect, unconditional everything good without a hint or a trace of darkness, with no judging, no condemnation, no shaming, nothing like that. That's what the Christ life is. That gives distinction to the kingdom of God. And we don't want to live a double life. We don't want to say, well, yeah, yeah, I believe that God's like that. And, and then just go our way and maybe do just the opposite. Verse 6, avoid any association with those who employ hollow words to entice you. Now, again, that doesn't mean not hanging out with, not working with, not being friends with, and things like that. It means don't let hollow words entice us. And I was thinking about what hollow words could be. And I think in context with everything else on both sides of what Paul's talking about here, hollow words are words that give any impression that there's a dark side of God. Many times since I've uh, started on this wonderful journey about 10, 11 years ago of seeing how good God really is and how there's no trace of darkness in him and how his love is for everyone and he's included and forgiven everyone already in advance, as Scripture, of course, says, as I've been seeing that, Many times I'll tell people that and they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, God is God is love and God is good, but he also has to be this way or has to be that way or whatever. And then usually they'll have a verse or two somewhere that they think implies that God has to be that way. Well, I was thinking this morning about the term, the word implied, implied. So many times people have said, well, let me give you an example. A dear friend of mine who I, I love and who loves the Lord, and, and he's really a great guy in virtually every way. He's, he's a really good guy. 
He finally came around to saying, well, okay, I will give you the fact that maybe there's not a cutoff date. Maybe when you die here on earth, you're not going to immediately go to hell. Maybe God gives you a chance after that or more chances. But he said, you know, there's just got to be a time when God can't keep on going with you. There's got to be a time when he says, okay, no more. Now you're going to hell. And I said, well, why does there have to be? And he said, well, there's just got to be. You know, it's sort of like implied in other things. Well, I I got to thinking, what is the definition of implied? What's the etymology of the word? Where does it come from? Implied. I-M-P. Those are fictitious, devilish, troublesome little imps that in mythology that mess with us. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what an imp is, and lied is lied. This whole implied thing that God has to be like this or God has to be like that, those are devilish thoughts that come into our mind that are lies. They're just simply not true. Verse 7, don't allow unbelief to include you in their company. We can include people who are unbelievers in our company and love them and love on them and be with them and serve them and help them. But don't let them, don't let their unbelief to get you to believing their unbelief. And unbelief is primarily thinking that there's anything dark or bad about God. Paul says in verse 8, and this is certainly true of me, you were there once trapped in the same darkness, but now you are light. Your life confirms that light rules. And as we mirror God in our life, the Christ life, certainly our life is a light of life, and it confirms that light rules. Verse 9, the spiritual harvest of light is evident in all that is excellent innocence and of impeccable integrity. As we discussed that in our group here in Lawrence, so many people just had great insight into each one of these verses. But one that comes to my delight right now is one of the guys talked about back when he was a kid, he would go on the harvest. And that was, that's a big deal. I don't know if it is anymore or not, but it certainly was a big deal for like high school age kids to get on a harvest crew. And they would start early in the harvest and they would work their way up from Texas all the way up to North Dakota as the wheat harvest ripened and other things, and they would just move on up. They got they worked really hard from early in the morning till late at night, and then they'd move on to the next town after that. And there were all these harvest crews all over the Midwest. Well, the spiritual harvest is reaping that which is ripe, and it's good, and is ready for consumption. The spiritual harvest of light is evident in all that is excellent, innocent, and of impeccable integrity with no trace of darkness. Verse 10, he says, this gives certain evidence to the life of God's delight. God just delights in pure life with no darkness. Verse 11, don't tolerate anything in your life that associates you with darkness. There's no profit in it for you. Let light dispel any residue of darkness in you. And again, the very elementary thing there would be, well, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's just a very like kindergarten level thing. The much deeper spiritual level thing there in don't tolerate anything in your life that associates you with darkness would be things that bring dis-ease to a situation, disharmony, dissension. We don't even have to tolerate that. 
words have meaning and words can bring us down and bring other people down. And they might even be true words when we're discussing a political system or the way something works or something like that. But by focusing on things that are associated with darkness and how bad this is or how bad that is, and maybe ascribing motives to people and stuff like that, it just brings you down and everybody else down. I mean, it's just complaining. It's whining. And, you know, Paul says, Boy, this is hard for me because I like to get involved in things. I like to figure them out. And I like to try to say, okay, well, this is right and that's wrong. Paul says, you know, you're better off if you don't even associate with that kind of stuff. Let light dispel any residue of darkness in you. Verses 12 and 13. Darkness loses its grip upon that which light manifests. Light displaces darkness. Boy, isn't that wonderful? Light doesn't shine on darkness and point out something that's real bad. When light comes, the darkness is gone. There is no more darkness anymore. Verse 14, this is the message of life. Christ awakens you from your intoxicated slumber and resurrects you out of the death trap of enslaved thought patterns. The whole thing is in our minds. Darkness is in our minds. Now, sometimes it can play out in how we act out, but the whole concept of darkness is in our minds. And Jesus came to give sight to the blind, spiritual sight to the spiritual blind, to release captives from the bondage of darkness, to set free people who are in in bondage to religious darkness. Verse 19. Speak psalms to one another. Burst out in spontaneous celebration songs and spirit-inspired resonance. In your heart, don't let the music stop. Continue to touch the Lord with whispers of worship. And I love the definition of worship, that worship is love responding to love. Perfect love responding to perfect love. And finally, in verse 20, because you are identified in the name of Jesus Christ, and in the day, in Bible times, the name of somebody had great meaning. It described their character, their essence, what they were all about, their nature. Because you are identified in the name or the essence of Jesus Christ, you can afford to always overflow in gratitude to the Father in spite of anything or everything that happens to you. You're not under circumstances, Francois says, but you're above circumstances because you are in Christ. Folks, that to me is just a wonderful 20-verse little thing there that Paul drops into the book of Ephesians, writing to that church, and those letters were spread around to other churches, and then they were preserved, and we get them now, and especially when we see them in today's language and see them in what I believe to be the true meaning of what that was intended to begin with, much more than just a surface-level elementary right and wrong type thing, but deep spiritual truths. It's all about light. In God, God is pure light, and in God there is absolutely no trace, not even a hint of darkness. Once we see God that way, And once we see that God sees us with pure light without a hint or a trace of darkness and everybody else, once we see that we're not even to think about or associate with or let our minds take any thought of darkness, man, it changes everything. It makes our lives so, so, so much better. Now, 
I'm not telling you I am perfect at that. I'm far from perfect at doing this. I'm getting better all the time. And when I realize that, okay, I'm dwelling on something dark there, I'm worrying, I'm getting upset, that kind of thing. When I start to see, oh, ah, this is what I'm doing. I don't want to think about that. I'm just going to let that go. I'm not going to take any thought. I'm going to give that up to Christ. I'm going to let that go. Instead, I'm going to think about what's pure, pure light and lovely and right and worthy of praise and excellent. And of course, that is God, that's Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and that's us. What a difference that makes. All right, everybody, thanks again for being with me today for Grace to All with Paul Gray. I hope this has been encouraging to you. It's certainly been encouraging to me. I'll see you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.